0: Welcome back guys to our fourth podcast. Um, In this podcast we will be talking about the pros and the cons of social media and its impact that it has on internet addiction disorder. Um, So I found an article that is titled problematic smartphone use and the quantity and quality of peer engagement among adolescents. So this is more towards, um, again, adolescence. It talks about the pros and the cons of it. Um, In this article, um, problematic smartphone use is referred to as PSU. Um, Lately, it's been attracting a lot of attention, especially towards young adults because of the advancement of technology. Um, Now it's considered a part of our everyday lives. And it's, it's really rare to hear or see someone who doesn't use technology on an everyday basis. Um, and don't get me wrong, it's, it's helped a lot, but it also has its negative effects. So in this article, it says, um, there's an increased concern directed toward mental and physical health so for mental mental health people tend to have higher um, levels of depression and anxiety and then for physical health um, you know neck problems from looking at your phone too much sleep disturbances you know from the blue light that comes from um, your phone or whatever um, disrupts your disrupts your something waves I don't know the the term for it (laughs) But and then it also in increases risk for other health problems like obesity, which is a growing concern for America alone. But that's another topic that we can talk about later. Um, So adolescents are more susceptible to PSU because of their self-regulation and self-control. So um, at a young age, you don't have a lot of self-control. You don't really know what self-control is. Um, So that alone can lead, you know, when you grow older um, and you become aware of the negative effects of social media and, you know, the negative effects of using your technology too much. um, It's harder to to fix that when you're older. And yeah, I lost my train of thought. (laughs) If anyone else wants to jump in.
1: No, I appreciate all that you just <laughs> on there. Really important stuff. So you know, we're talking about the fact that some age groups are more susceptible to um, engaging in addictive type tendencies. You know, molding and shaping negative habits of um, of sort of based in obsessive tendencies, and um, because. At, um, in, when you're an adolescent and a child, um, you're still developing that front part of the brain, the prefrontal cortex, which is responsible for self, the self-control mechanisms and, and that conscious level of um, engagement. And so, you know, when you are missing that sort of um, gauge in your brain that says, oh, okay, you know what, you know, let's check the time while wow, I've been on the screen for about two hours now. Maybe it's time I get some sunshine before the sun goes down, or I tend to uh, a various task or two. That's not necessarily what's going off in their child's in your child's brain. So that's why you have to be their best advocate when they are still in that sort of fragile state uh, of development. Um, we got a lot to talk about here today: the the good and the bad side um, of you know, technology, accessibility, because both exist. We don't know one without the other. So um, yeah, let's, let's get into it, guys.
2: Okay, so uh, let me start with the pros on, on smartphones. I mean, or any other devices, but uh, for just uh, smartphones alone, I mean, it's a uh, easy way to keep in touch with all your friends and family. Even if you're a uh, one block away or on the other side of the world, so that's a good um, benefit to communicate with everybody, no matter uh, the distance that you are. And it's an easy access to your emails. Also, you know, um, you keep in touch with uh, uh, people as well. Uh, get easier easy access to news, what's going on in the world. That's a good uh, um, pros for that. And um, even on, on your smartphone, um, if you're not in front of a computer, your smart, smartphones, it's a computer. So you have everything, it's, you carry everything with you. So mm-hmm. um, you could do from work, schoolwork, bill that's a good benefit that's a good um, thing about having on your your smartphones and mm-hmm. you find everything for shopping also you know that's a for entertainment it's good for you also and um, that's the most positive thing that I could actually uh, agree about using your smartphones you know it's it's benefits mm-hmm. for all of us you know.
0: Yeah, I really like that point that you made that like um, professors use it and emails and stuff. I, I, it has really helped in the educational perspective of it. Um, you know, you can do online classes now. You can, you know, professors use it to make presentations. You know, you can email your professor, which is something that you couldn't do before. You know, if you're not in a classroom with them, if you're, if you're not, on campus yeah um you know that's a really good tool that that i didn't think about until now so that's a really good point that you make. um for students as well it, it helps us you know for this podcast for example it helped me look for articles that were relevant to this topic that you know before you would have to go to a library and have to <laughs> yeah. you know manually look it up which which is a lot more difficult so yes that's a that's a really really good point yeah. that you made um yeah, yeah. if you want to add anything sorry. Continue. Sorry. <laughs> no go for it i was just gonna say no you're fine go for it
1: i was gonna shift gears, so why don't you finish up that thought oh
0: i was just gonna ask if you wanted to add anything to that
1: <laughs> well look at how polite and cordial we are that's how we, we want to do it in our in our podcast safe space <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so there's a lot of upsides given the fact that technology has been such an interconnecting um entity and you know it's allowed for us to have such high levels of accessibility um, with regard to like you said the um educational perspective um you know it i wonder what university and schools would look like if we didn't have access to the levels of technology advancement that we do now because the fact that we you know, we can still have it, we can still engage in online lessons, um, and online lectures is, is, um, is definitely a blessing. Um, but now it's like, okay, so children have already have to maneuver the, the difficult balance between recreational screen time and extracurricular activities. Like when they're done with the school day, that's when it really becomes like a delicate balance between making sure your child is engaging enough in the physical world so that they may still interact with the online world and it's a it's a balanced ecosystem but now that everything's gone online it's like how are you supposed to maintain those adequate boundary lines it's it's also trial by error these days and um i don't know what it What would you guys give, do you guys have any advice you'd give or questions maybe, um, either or, that you would uh, propose to parents at this particular time um, when everything's gone completely remote? Actually,
2: uh, I have no idea how could this be restricted or or kind of balance everything, because right now, even for us, we're in college, are uh, in a syllabus that we have to have like at least three hours more outside of class doing our work. So pretty much what we do is like we we have to go online, get our research paper, read articles plus addition with uh, homework and everything's online. So we spend hours and hours and hours doing one homework in one class. And in my experience, I have with my other three classes is it's the same thing. So I spent hours, tons of hours working, being in front of the computer trying to finish my assignments. So I, for me as, as an adult, just imagine the kids, young adults, being trying to do their homework, being online, and then and then after they're done with their homework, what do they do? They watch TV or there's they they watch um, play video games or they're on social media. So it's constantly on their phone, constantly, constantly on the devices. And that's that's how people get like like there's helpers, you know. And you lose um you lose your 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 time with socializing with your family or your friends. You're not active, you have have more health problems, you know, and you just lose yourself, you know, and that's something that needs to be uh, concentrated on and, and have some 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 time to have time for this and time for that. And this has to be a balance and I think that's going to be something really hard to work on. And it's gonna be a long, long process to get there. That's what I
1: believe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's really, again, it's, we come back to the idea. It's not necessarily technology that's the problem per se, but it's a vehicle for problematic tendencies. And so technology might be a pretty interesting controversial element within a family dynamic that might serve as an early educator, um, perhaps even an, a very early hurdle that can sort of divide family dynamics or or strengthen them, depending on how parents go about dictating this element in their children's life. Because you know, if done correctly, if a child still feels that their needs are respected and heard and that they're still able to satisfy the desire that they have to be engaged with um, recreational technology usage outside of school time technology usage, then, you know, that's probably going to be, you know, that's a, that, that could be an opportunity f- to, you know, um, test communication between you and your child. That could be um, sort of like a, um, a challenge in, in which you and your child start to learn how to unpack difficult things where two parties disagree, but you still find some sort of compromise. So this tech, this conversation about technology in the household can serve as, as, um, as sort of a make it or break it in the household if you think about it, because this is a problem that is going to be dealt with w- of many different age groups of children, whether it's a toddler, an an adolescent or a young adult with uh, females and males and, um, you know, transitional, uh, transgender children. So it's like, this is something that parents are really going to have to prepare for, you know, like we say the talk, we all know what that means, you know, something that has to do with intimacy and physical engagement in relationships, the talk you give your children as as you see fit, um, I'm starting to think we're going to have another version of the talk that's going to be part of our, you know, modern day dialogue. Because now we're going to have to account for the talk with um, setting appropriate boundaries with our children. So it could be really all to say it could really be an opportunity to engage in good communication with your child and strengthen the bond if you if you meet this occasion correctly and with respect and equity in mind but it also could go the other way and it could be something that pushes a family apart so just wanted to share that thought
0: yeah definitely thank you for sharing that I think because you know children you know children are so different like from each other from the way that they learn just everything about children compared to each other like I feel like it's hard to put to say oh this is what you should do with your child because some children might take it you know in a good way some children might not so I think as a parent it's important to recognize how your child or children are and see the appropriate way to navigate through teaching them boundaries and self-regulation when it comes to you know technology showing them the importance of, you know, relationships that are in person, as well as, you know, playing outside, being physically active, going on hikes. I think that's also really important. And then as a parent, you also have to, you know, set the role for your children. So you can't really be hypocritical in a way to where you want to teach your children this, but then, you know, you're doing, you're not doing what you're, trying to teach your children so like taking them out to go hiking to you know playing with them being physically active I think that's also important to identify in this kind of situation I'm not a parent so it's hard for me to to kind of give advice on but that's my take on it as of right now it might change later it might not but um yeah I think those are really important um points to point out when like during this topic and teaching children um self-regulation
1: you know that saying uh, monkey see monkey do do as mm-hmm. I say not as I do so it's literally like yeah it's like there's the parent at the park the play structure and you say that you're telling your kid go be active go run around when they themselves are glued to their phone or- That's gonna be Mm -hmm. really a controversial and mixed message for your child. If you're Mm -hmm. expecting them to do something that isn't, that you yourself are not enforcing upon your own life, that's gonna seem like a very Mm -hmm. hypocritical element uh, between you and your child. So excellent point. Like, you know, the parents also have to walk the walk. They can't just, you know, say their expectations. They have to live and breathe them too. Mm-hmm. And that, uh, be a good role model I think that's such an excellent point you make
0: mm-hmm. yeah I agree with that um, I lost my train of I was going to add something to what you just said but completely forgot hey
1: we're thinking? not going anywhere I mean <laughs> really this is so what we're we can acknowledge that a okay technology is important in the sense that it is wonderful to have access to such a variety of databases for students to be able to truly research a a well-rounded perspective about an opinion or a persuasive argument. Um, You know, they're getting the facts, they're not just getting, it's it's not necessarily so skewed and one-sided anymore, you know, so we can acknowledge that it allows for such a breadth of information to be available that it interconnects students and teachers and, and peers and families, especially at a time like this, when there's a pandemic and everything is remote. And um, so, and and so, and we can acknowledge that it just, like uh, a previous resource indicated that it, it just sort of sets it ch- children up for a greater advantage in the grand scheme of life to have the capacity and availability to use and to access technology so we can acknowledge these are all the, the the pros you know these are the good things that we can acknowledge are true and live and breathe in this technological age and we can acknowledge that in overuse it can technology can cause physiological and psychological as well as social issues and um, as we've mentioned in our, the last few of our podcasts, so just to currently spell out where we are in this moment, there it isn't only one thing. It isn't a good thing and it isn't a bad thing, but we do have mm-hmm. to acknowledge what kind of role it does and should play in our life. So mm-hmm. um, just kind of wanted to summarize how far we've come so far.
0: Yeah, thank you for that. Um- <laughs> <Sure>. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. Did you guys want to add anything else to what um Lily just said?
2: I want to talk more about the cons. <laughs> the
1: cons?
2: Okay. Oh yes.
1: Raised yeah. up.
2: <laughs> <laughs> First of all, distraction. Big time. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could cause accidents while driving. That's one major risk right there. And um, the minimum risk is that you you can be disrespectful when someone is talking to you and you're paying more attention on your phone. Especially when yeah. you're dating <laughs> that's that's something that it's not good. Even in your relationship, like I've seen people um uh, having dinner like uh, last week we went to dinner and I saw a couple in, in their dining together and instead of just having a good conversation to each other both of them are on the on their phones it's like for me okay the marriage is gone okay that's it it's done <laughs> you know yeah. you know that's, yeah. that's something that is bad you know in a relationship you it's like I guess they're they, they don't have nothing else to say so that's you know that's something it's just <laughs> distraction <laughs> I'm sorry about that but it's true you know, and, um, and of course, you know, the cause of it is that you're, 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 you get so addicted. Either you're mm-hmm. playing on uh, your own social, social media or you're constantly testing someone else. I mean, or playing video games, you know, everywhere you go, you're playing video games, social media, you know, it's just an addiction. And you can never, I've seen people put away their phones and then one, less than one minute reach their phone again to see see what's going on Mm -hmm. you know that's 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 a addiction right there that's even health issues yeah you know you have uh because all basically most cell phones emit radio frequency you know it's and it can be absorbed by your tissue you know anywhere you're teaching wherever you have your phone you know so you have to be careful on that also you know and uh, the concept about it is like, you know, you have problems with sleeping patterns, you know. And uh, what else? I was going to go somewhere else. <laughs> I lost my thought. I forgot. I was like, there was one thing I was going to talk about. <laughs> but anyway, that's, that's the big issue with it. You know, it just, there's, there's a lot of negative effects with, with having your small phones. Constantly, you know, so, you, you know, but basically the most, the most important one is distraction. Everywhere mm-hmm.
0: you are. Know. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think over, especially for adolescents and like, you know, social media, the relationship between the two, I feel like it, it affects their mental health, their self-esteem. Um, like because I've heard I've heard this saying I don't know if you guys have heard it that social media is just um, like the highlights of your life like people don't post when bad things happen to them or when they're not feeling good or feeling negative emotions or they only post like the good stuff and I feel like that alone affects teenagers because you know they're growing up they're trying to find who they are And then they look at someone who glamorizes their life and they're like, why don't I have this? Or why don't I look like this? And then that can lead to like other mental health issues. Um, I think that's important to point out, especially with teenagers. Um, But yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, I was about to point out also about teenagers. Um, like most of them, the teens, they they admire their their their, their celebrity so much that they yeah. pretend to be them. So they act like them. They try to be like them. Yeah. They, you know, like and mm-hmm. they get over themselves, like they're they're pretending to be them, and it gets to the mm-hmm. age that. that they feel that they are men. And when yeah. you go outside and talk with other people, you act, you don't act yourself. You act like you were, let's say, Beyonce, you know, things like that. So I've seen a lot of, especially girls, acting that way, dressing like, that, like they're celebrities, and but most of all the way they act. So mm-hmm. would I consider them the fakers <laughs> or the wannabes? <laughs> You know, and that's, and for teenage, for teen, teenage adolescents, that's that's a huge problem right there. And I've seen it all the time. You know, they, like you said, they try to fit in, but that's the problem is like, they pretend to be something that they're not. And they see that on so, a lot of social media, you know, like people taking selfies, you know, uh, just, just to be, to be liked, you know,
0: mm-hmm.
2: I think that's, I don't know, but that's something that I've never in, been into, <laughs> like, taking yeah. selfies, and just post it, to see what people think, like, I never have done that, <laughs> you know, but, uh, you yeah. know, not that way, and I see a lot of people at the gym doing the same thing, you know, pretending that they're working out, but they're not actually not working out, <laughs> they're just taking pictures of yeah. and that's it. You know, and I've seen a lot of girls like with thick mascara and makeup all over, and and they just take, take pictures at the gym, pretending that they're, they're working out. And I guarantee you, they don't even sweat. <laughs> These girls don't sweat at all.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, it's like that's a, another funny thing that I have to put out there. <laughs> anyways, yeah.
1: That is pretty funny. It, it really is, honestly. It's like I'm. Technology allows you to create this like ideal, this perfected image you have in your mind of who you want to be, the way you want people to see you, this nice pretty package of an idealized representation of yourself that you give out to people. And it's like, and that's what other people use as a reference point of who they should be. And it creates this ripple effect of hollowness because it's like, everything's airbrushed everything looks fine on the surface but really it's based on falsehood it's based on um you know empty promises like just going to the gym to say you went to the gym just to to live up to that look but not really the life of it and it's just like that's (laughs) living in such a time of um what's the word guys living in such a time of of
2: Glamour, I guess it's like they just want to be like, yeah, I can't even find the word, but it's You're like they want to be like, a, mm-hmm. like one of the Hollywood stars, you know, all the glamour and everything like that. It's like, I don't know.
1: <laughs> it's a wild, really a wild thing to watch um, as it progresses, because it almost seems like we're regressing up opposed to progressing emotionally. Um, as soon as technology became so prevalent in our culture, it seems like we, as we talked about last time, we're, we're getting worse at reading social cues and also portraying them. Um, our socialization skills are being infringed upon when we sacrifice, um, physical, like hangouts with people and we forsake that for going online instead. Um, so it's like, yeah, it's, there's. There's um. There's a lot that we're losing about um, the richness of humanity. Although we are, there's some, definitely some wonderful things about it, but it really seems like we're losing part of the soulful side of humanity, if you ask me, the more we cling to technology.
0: Mm-hmm. No, I totally agree oh, with you. Oh, go ahead. No, sorry, you could
2: you could go ahead. <laughs> okay, the one thing that I was gonna say earlier is isolation in people. That's the thing that I was that was on my mind. Using too much your your mobile phones cause isolation in people. You know, you you once you're on your phone, it's like that's it. You're stuck in that little world. Whatever you're you're concentrating or looking at even texting mm-hmm. whatever you're isolating, isolating yourself with the rest of the world you know mm-hmm. and, and and you lose your your reality. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing I wanted to brought um, out.
0: That's a very good point that you made. Um, I wanted to go back to a point that Lulu said um, I feel like, Okay, so the beginning of technology, social media, people didn't see it as a bad thing because it was so new. People were like, this is so amazing. Like, I think it wasn't until recently um, people are more aware of the effects of it. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And um, as for like social media and like glamorizing your life, that as well people are are you know within the past year or two I've heard a lot of people being more aware of it and um and the negative causes of it like depression anxiety like all of that um and how social media has filters now and I know I'm pretty sure you guys know about the Kardashians and oh yeah their status in this I don't know what you would call a society, but um, because of them and, you know, the procedures that they've had done, which, you know, do whatever you want to your body, um, but also like the filters that they use and posing and angles and all of that stuff affects, you know, especially young women growing up because they look up to these models. Yes. And think, I yeah. want to look like this. I, yeah. I want to live like this. But um, uh, recently... And- it gets a people
2: have
0: or... been. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, sorry. Um, people have been more aware of it, and you know, have been actually calling them out for it. And so I heard. I don't know if this is true, but I heard that Instagram was going to make a new rule that if you know, if someone is using a filter on their post or on their like stories or whatever, that you it's it tells you this person is using this filter. Oh. So I feel like yeah so i think it's little stuff like that that's like has been happening that's you know that's small steps to recovering for lack of a better word from you know years of this going on without anybody really saying anything about it so yeah i just wanted to add that into it that's
2: that's good to know i didn't know about that
1: yeah, well, were people going to? I think there was this whole trend that started to happen where there was sort of an increase or a spike in um, national plastic surgery request rates because, like, the increase of, of plastic surgery um, consultations had increased recently because people wanted to, people started to go in and tell the, the The surgeon that they want to look like how they look on instagram photos and that really freaked me out when i heard that um my
2: god
1: it's just really sad that people we literally we've airbrushed so much of our life like like anna put it so well glamorized our life so much that um you know we we don't even we can't even appreciate raw imperfect you know natural beauty and and not even just beauty, but just we can't even accept what's naturally just in existence already. We have to, like, make that perfect, too. We're living in such a perfectionistic culture. It's just it's it's tough. You know, we really, really need to be mindful about how this can seep into our subconscious and unconscious minds, because we really got to remember that. Um, it's yeah, okay.
2: Like that that is real mental health, right there.
1: For mm-hmm. sure, I'll say. That yeah, is. It's yeah. Like crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, guys. I mean, really, this is a wild. It's a wild thing that we're watching here.
0: Mm-hmm. I definitely okay. agree with
1: that. <laughs> say that again, Anna. I'm so sorry.
0: It's, oh, nothing. I just said, yeah. I definitely agree with that. Mm-hmm.
1: what do you think guys you guys have any concluding thoughts you want to touch upon before we close it down
0: um no (laughs) as of
1: right now no
2: i think i am good
1: okay well well here we are again today folks just trying to remind you to stop and smell the roses um as often as you can so that you remember what it's like to to be present because it's a gift and that's why they call it a present. And uh, I'm, that's where I'm gonna end for myself mm-hmm. tonight. Thanks for being here, everybody.
0: Awesome, thanks for coming and talking to, to us.
1: Thank you. What she said, and thank you, Anna, and thank you, Ray, for bringing your A-game. Appreciate it, guys.
2: Thank you. <laughs>
1: All right.